You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Jim Perkulis, Director, CEO, and Chairman of Bouche Plant-Based Brands, Inc., He has over three decades of experience working with public and private entrepreneurial companies in a variety of emerging sectors. He founded and was the CEO and chairman of Transcanna Holdings, which, through his initiative and execution, acquired one of the largest vertically integrated cannabis-focused facilities in California. Jim was the CEO and chairman of General Cannabis Inc., which from 2010 to 2012 wholly owned Weed Maps. Recognizing the potential of the cannabis marketplace, Mr. Peculis oversaw the growth of general cannabis to over 16 million in annual revenue. Jim is a skilled leader, negotiator, and consensus builder. Welcome, Jim. Thank you for joining us today. You've been involved in a variety of companies and industries, cannabis for several years, and now another exciting new industry, the shift from animal-based protein to plant-based protein. Can you get us started with a bit of background? What got you started? Sure, happy to. Uh, we, uh, my, my group and I uh, look for small uh, uh, privately held companies in industries that we believe are emerging and going to continue and grow significantly. Uh, and we investigated, came across the plant-based industry and saw that this was going to be monumental in size. That's what our belief are. And it's going to dwarf the cannabis space. Uh, it is our, our prognostication. Uh, in fact, Bloomberg even came out that by 2050, the plant-based protein industry is going to be valued at $1.4 trillion. And so, yeah, we felt that this was an excellent industry to go ahead and apply our skill set. And then it was to go ahead and identify a company. We have a very strict metrics in regards to companies that we work with. And uh, we looked at 40 to 50 different companies. And we came across Boosh and met with Connie and her team. And they they uh, exceeded our expectations and our metrics. So we just knew this was, we believe that this was a, a great vehicle to get behind, move forward with, take it through the IPO stage, the initial public offering stage on the Canadian Securities Exchange, which we did in May and then continue and grow the company. That's really exciting. So can you tell us about Bush? What is Connie up to or what did she develop and where are you going now? Sure. I'll give you some background on Connie. Uh, Very successful and also a foodie. In fact, back in the early 2000s in Vancouver, she created one of the first wine bars, uh, which a year or two later uh, was on the short list of Continast's best restaurant in the world award Uh, so she uh she's successful with food she's successful with people uh fast forward connie is a celiac so she's very it's very specific in regards to what she can eat uh Mm. she decided to create some recipes in 2017 taking it one step further creating the actual meals via a co-packer in the greater vancouver area and and literally jumping into her bush mobile and going to the natural stores food stores in the vancouver area uh and did very, very well uh, at that. And so when we recognized that, we thought, boy, we, we need to align ourselves with Connie and, and then really grow this. And as Connie yeah. said a hundred times, you know, go big or go home. And so our expectations that we'd like to get large with Boosh. 
Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because potentially you can assist her. Well, I mean, an IPO is a, is a good starting point with yep. some capital behind and just some additional brains in growing the process. So what is her product line at the moment? Is it largely in kind of a conveniency food or what, where is she focused at the moment? So our brands are plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free, heat and eat comfort food. Awesome. So we design our, 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 Connie has designed our brands to surround just about everybody. We don't go after necessarily the vegetation, vegetarian market or the vegan market, but in fact, what's referred to as flexitarians, individuals that do eat meat on a regular basis, but do want to try plant-based foods or complement their meat based dinner with some plant-based items on there. So that's who we design it for. And we're also, it's also designed for the very active family, which most of us are, Mm -hmm. in which you come home in the evenings and the kids and the spouse, everyone's hungry and you just don't want to have poor quality food. And so it was Connie designed it to to satisfy that need plant-based. We try to use the least amount of preservatives as possible in making our products. Now, what are, what do we have? We started at the beginning of the year with just six skews, uh, six frozen meals, all plant-based obviously. And since then uh, in the last nine months, we now have 24 skews and that includes Our, our frozen items, the six I just mentioned, we just came out with in the late summer, three refrigerated plant-based items, mushroom gravy, chili, sloppy joe. Uh, this past uh, two weekends ago, we were the lead sponsor at Planted Expo in uh, Vancouver. Over 8,000 people attended and we introduced our plant-based mac and cheese, which was a, an overwhelming hit. And so now we have mm-hmm. shelf-stable uh mac and cheese, which is nacho flavors and better cheddar. So we want to we wanna be a dominating force in three of the four areas in the grocery store, frozen, refrigerated, and shelf stable. Uh, and we also have acquired three other companies in a relatively short period of time. Uh, and, and they have added to our portfolio plant-based cheese as well as uh, plant-based vegetable pate, which tastes phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our, 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 uh, again, our goal is to get big. This is probably going to make me hungry. This sounds <laughs> sounds really exciting to be yeah. to be growing quite that fast and in something that's pretty tasty. So the tastes of consumers are definitely changing over time, and there's some thought that people want to move away from more the conveniency food. What is your thinking on this? Are people moving away from convenience or are they moving to quality convenience? I think it's the latter. And then I think you have to ask yourself, who is this disruptive body of people that's creating this? And and I believe it's the millennials, the Gen X, the Gen Ys. Mm. And the reason is three reasons. One, they they seem to care about what goes into their body and good for them. I know my generation didn't didn't care as much. Number two, they care about the animal kingdom. And number three, they care about our very limited resources on planet Earth. And so when you combine that all together, they're geared towards plant good quality plant-based foods. Now, they also have three basic criterias. Number one is the taste, right? By far, does it taste good? As you and I chatted about prior to going on on live here, uh, you know, back in the early 2000s, if you tried to get a plant-based 
call it a frozen hamburger, a uh, frozen burger. It just, it was, it was like cardboard with ketchup. It was really mm-hmm. bad. Um, so it, it is the taste. Number two, it's how much preservatives are in those products that are being sold. And then number three is the price points. You have to be aggressive, or at least you have to be competitive on your price points in the marketplace, which Boosh is. And so it's it's this uh, sector that's, that's creating this huge disruptive movement. Now, uh, also another way to answer your question, look at, let's look at all the fast food chains that from the 1960s to the 19, to, to current have, have multiplied and, and we've all uh, eaten a lot out of the fast, right? Yeah. It's worldwide now. However, mm-hmm. even the fast even the fast food chains are getting into the plant-based industry. Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Burger King, Starbucks, they're all offering a form of plant-based hamburger or some form of, of entree. Uh, yeah. So I, I see this, this constant shift taking place, and we're fortunate to be dead smack in the middle of it, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So Bush is probably another example, much like your cannabis companies of both consumer value and an investor opportunity. Um, So if one's strategizing on these opportunities, what upside do you see for Bush? Do you, are are you staying as a Canadian listed company? Are you very diluted on the share holding or um, what is the the strategy there? Great question. So, Number one, let's talk about the, 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 where we're trading. We trade on the Canadian Securities Exchange under VEGI. We trade on the OTCQB under VGGIF. And we also trade on the Frankfurt Exchange. Uh, and that is 77 small i, 77 small i. Awesome. So we, we're on three different exchanges. Now, Nola, you just hit on a critical element that, that I, I, I really want your listeners to, to take home. When you're looking at junior market cap companies such as ours, such as Boosh, and what I refer to means under, say, a $50 million market capitalization, you have to look at a variety of different reasons why you should invest and always do your due diligence before you invest in anything. Number one, look at dilution. Most companies, our competitors, our peers have gone public with between 40 to 140 million shares outstanding. As we both know, that's relatively dilutive. Mm-hmm. We, we, are, we counter that. We are, we are uh, uh, almost at the completely other end of the spectrum. We are as non-dilutive as possible. We went public with just 16 million shares outstanding, wow. yeah. and, and 28% of those shares were owned by insiders, the founders, et cetera. And they're working every single day, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, and will continue to do so for us to grow Boosh. So it wasn't like we did a situation where the founders ended up playing golf uh, the day after we closed the transaction. Mm-hmm. So, so, so one, concentrate on, on the dilution or non-dilutiveness, and we are very non-dilutive. And now six months later, we're, we still have less than 20 million shares outstanding, roughly 19 and a half million shares outstanding. Uh, and, and as a side note, my compensation, I don't get a, I don't get a salary. I don't get commission. I, I, 
I actually have to pay 50 cents per warrant. I got 3 million warrants as my compensation for all the work that I do. And this is the only thing I work on is Boosh. So I got to write a check for a million five into our treasury for me to get my warrants. Now, if you're looking at a CEO who's aligned with their company, yeah, that's me. Hey. You, you can't get any more aligned. It's you know, hitting my, your pocket. Absolutely. That's it. I, yeah. I, you know, sometimes you read about these CEOs in the Wall Street Journal where the companies are tanking and they're walking away with millions of dollars. It's like we're, it's a disconnect. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, where do we want to go? We want to continue and grow. Boosh. We started. We ended at last year with about a, in about 150 stores in Canada. We now are in close to 500 stores in Canada. That's we created awesome. a, this summer, we created a very solid infrastructure, I believe a very solid infrastructure, uh, put together a, 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 a top-notch sales team within Boosh, five-member sales team. In fact, the head of that just started this past Monday. So we see some great things coming from them. There's roughly 15,000 grocery stores in Canada, roughly 42,000 grocery stores in the United States. So we haven't even uh, scratched the surface, so to speak. Mm. So that's revenue stream number one is organic growth. Revenue stream number two, expansion in the United States. Two months ago, we signed a contract with Thrive Natural Foods. They represent the United States. So we just sent our first 16,000 units down to Thrive a couple of weeks ago, sampling, spreading it out through their clientele so we can start going ahead and obtaining orders. Number three, our growth is also in mergers and acquisitions. As I mentioned, we've already acquired three companies in less than nine months underneath and then incorporating them under the Boosh umbrella. Number four, e-commerce. We've already started with Shop Veggie in Canada. We've gotten orders coming through, which is home delivery. We're also going to be doing that in the United States. Boosh home delivery through a sister company of Shop Veggies. Last but not least is food service. And what is food service? Food service is selling to restaurants, to bars, institutions, schools, cruise lines, airlines. Uh, and, and we really like the bar restaurant industry, specifically the bar sector, because they're not geared up for plant-based foods. They're not. Right? Yeah. And you, if you go to the bar, you, you know, nachos with a ton of cheese is great, but it would be great if you had nachos with plant-based cheese. It would be a lot better for you or something like that. Something like and that, so yeah. that's our fifth revenue stream that we have created. All of these, we're, we're, we're just in the incubator stage and starting to get to the next step. So I, I anticipate some really strong things coming out of Boosh in 2022. Oh, that's phenomenal. How big is the team? You've got a lot of balls in the air. This sounds like people must. <laughs> be running and and having a lot of fun uh they are running and we are having fun Uh, our philosophy is is one keep your ego at the door check your ego at the door number two stay in your lane you you know everybody does something really really good within boosh and number three we try and keep the team as small as possible Uh, i'd rather have you know 10 quality individuals than 20 mediocre folks so our team isn't that big but but we pulled from the best of the best in order to create what i believe is a superstar team for boosh oh that's fantastic and the acquisitions have you integrated them or are you allowing them to run in parallel both Great question. Uh, Let's talk about the first acquisition we did, which was a plant-based mac and cheese. We've gone ahead, restructured it somewhat, and that's what we introduced two weeks ago at the Planted Expo Exposition. Uh, Amazing hit. It was was the number one selling item. We actually had a a huge 2,000-square-foot booth. Uh, We had refrigerators. We had freezers. We were selling food. We were giving out samples. We had cooking demonstrations. We had it all. And uh, we're... 
Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna do it again in June at the same location. In any event, the mac and cheese was was just a tremendous hit for us. So, um, and some of them we keep uh, Salt Springs Harvest, which is a wonderful uh, uh, pate, uh, vegetable plant based pate, and we're keeping that separately. But you can go to if you go to our website, you'll be able to see all the products of it, and that's www.bushfood singular bushfood.com, and you can you can see all the different products we offer. Oh, that's pretty fun, I must admit. I mean, it, it just sounds so exciting. So are you represented in particular chains at the moment before the expansion? Or is there a fairly broad cross-section of where you can find the products? Uh, no other ladder. A fairly a very broad section. In fact, there's very few chains that uh, – major chains that we're not in right now. We actually nice. just got into all of the Whole Foods in Canada in August, um, started to see some reorders coming in from them. Uh, so yeah, we're, and if you go to our website, you can go ahead and, and, and go to store locator and find the store nearest oh. you uh, or to go to shop veggie and that's shop V E J I I.com shop veggie. And you can go ahead and order our products and have them home delivered. Even better. There you go. You've got a couple of alternatives there. That is fantastic. Now, you mentioned that you listed on three stock exchanges. And speaking from experience, it can be expensive to be public. So what is the thinking in getting onto the three at the early stage? Well, let's let's, – uh, talk about each one. The CSC, as you know, uh, is is geared towards the more entrepreneurial. Um, um, uh, I don't want to say it could be either a startup or in the early stages going into the public yeah. arena. Uh, they are they are wonderful to work with. I love working with the folks at the CSC. Uh, in my humble opinion, they seem to be more flexible than some of the older exchanges. Awesome. Uh, their fee structure is not that um, uh, outrageous. Not in fact, it, yeah, yeah, not as bad exactly. Um, and and so and and it is now well represented uh, the CSC. They're only like six or seven years old, maybe eight years old. So it's still yeah. a relatively young exchange. Um, number two. And, and so if you think about it in, in, in Canada, there's somewhere between 35 to 40 million people in the United States, somewhere between 350 to 400 million people. So there's a, mm-hmm. there's a one to one, to, you know, there's a, there's a one to 10 relationship there ratio there. So we wanted to make sure we got into the United States. And since our products are going to be in, into the United yes. States, you know, an investor can be on both sides. They can be a consumer of our products as well as investing in our products. So it only makes sense. And I'm sure you know on the OTC, there's five different levels. We're the second one from the highest level and we'll be applying for the QX in the not too distant future. We also have strong representation from uh, the investment community in, in, uh, in, in Europe. And Aww. so we just felt, and having done this before, we felt it was advantageous for us to go ahead and align ourselves with our European uh, contemporaries that, that love our story. Yeah, no, it does make sense. And I mean, with the the projection of the opportunity of where you want to take the company to, to get in on the ground level on all three of the exchanges probably allows for a more even growth in the investment interest. You don't have to try and become known in a market later on through the process. Yeah, exactly. Well stated. Relatively speaking, it's it's not that expensive, and particularly the CSC is is a way more palatable option. Yes, as you mentioned, from working with them as well as as the fee side, it's just 
they're a nice group of people to work with. <laughs> yeah, really yeah, are. it's night and day. It's night and day, absolutely. So turning to your your um, investment experience specifically, how do you or do you have particular techniques for identifying macro trends to get in on the ground level before they become particularly popular? Because you've certainly done it at least twice in a row now that I'm aware of. No, I, I, I can just, you know, I can throw out a couple of my, my just my ideas of what mm-hmm. I like to look at. And, and um, first and foremost, you have to look at the industry. Where's that industry going? Um, you, you, there are some great companies out there that are in an industry that is proud there that that industry will be stagnant for, for an un, undefined period of time. Wow. So re, the company could be great. You're just, they're just in the wrong industry or in an mm. industry that may not appreciate over time. So number two, find an industry. So check that box, plant-based industry, the plant-based sector in the plant-based industry, we believe is going to have significant growth uh, over the next five to 10 years. Number two, you have to look at the management and you have to go do a deep dive in the management team. With our company, we're fortunate enough to have Connie, who has significant experience in the food industry, working with people, growing a company. Um, I, have, I have 12, 13 years experience in the pubco arena specifically mm-hmm. with small companies taking them through the ipo stage and and moving up to those next couple of levels uh, we've brought in ali samai 22 years of natural food experience as one of our key consultants he works out of our office on a, on a regular basis uh, we also brought in tj welsh who has 14 years of senior sales experience in the natural food industry. And he's heading up all of our North American sales. So I think, uh, you know, number two, check the box of management and and make sure that their interests are aligned with you as the investor going into a proposition. Mm-hmm. Number three, find out if that company itself, um, if if its market value is overheated, uh, if they're, you know, referred to as, as, as you know, if they're, if they're heading over their skis. For us, I believe we're significantly undervalued uh, based on everything we've just laid out in our talk today. Our market value is less than 20 million. Our nearest peers are around 80 million. So I I think that 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 in and of itself is a unique opportunity for an individual to look at us as an investment uh, situation. And then next, you have to see what the growth pattern is. It could be a great company. It could be a great company in a great industry. But if it's in a mature stage, the appreciation probably isn't going to be there. And, and, and so businesses have, businesses have the various cycles. They are, they're born, they go through the embryonic, the infantile, the growth, the hyper growth, the maturity and decline. That's the cycle mm-hmm. of just about any business, every business, every yes. business. Right. And so you want to get to a, you, you hopefully would try and find a business that you, you, though it is a little riskier, or a lot risk you're predicated on what you're investing in to invest in small cap companies versus say an Apple or a Google, um, the upside should be significant better. So what you're doing is trying to hedge against that risk when you're doing your due diligence and looking at a company to invest in. And I just think Boosh checks all those boxes for trying to uh, de-emphasize the risk or de-risk an investment for a consumer to get involved and then buy some shares into our company. Makes a lot of sense. So where a lot of the smaller investors seem to go wrong is they allow emotion to get into their decision-making process. Have you got suggestions on how one would do that? Is it looking at, 
you know, trying to stand away from the decision? Or where have you seen it successfully done among smaller investors? My two cents would be, once you've made your decision, stick with it. Uh, If you've done your homework and your due diligence and you like everything we just talked about, then review it on a monthly or quarterly basis. If you take any 10-year period over the last 100 years, and if you had invested in the securities industry, um, you would have done far better than – Almost any other sector, uh, and and I and any and you, you know it, you could find some unique esoteric sector that I don't even know about, and say, yeah, I could have made more here, yeah, but no one's going to be able to go to Southeast Asia and find this unique mineral that you could you know invest in or whatever. So, as a general consumer, uh, the securities are a good way to go ahead and have your your monies appreciate, your capital appreciate. Um, and so, you know, it's just it, it's, it's just doing your homework. But yes, everything, a lot of it is driven by emotion. Um, with us, what I do is I'm always available to any any shareholder that wants to chat, want me to give them an update, you know, and that's what you want out of principles of the company you're investing in. You want to be able to talk to them and talk to them when it's good times and it's bad times because <laughs> there's always bumps in the road and oh, that wind they- changes. Oh. You know, yeah. and that's when you got to answer the phone call is when those winds change, you know, and you, so. Um, Don't I know that. I've been in yeah. that situation myself <laughs> as, as chief financial officer of companies going over some significant bumps and for extended periods. And yeah, at times it, it gets a little challenging, but yeah. that is when your investors get the most value out of you is when you're willing to give them the upfront, honest answer of, yeah, you want information, here it is. And, yep. you know, I mean, their limitations as a public company on giving all that forward-facing information because it may not come to fruition within the timeline that you 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 hope for because we're all optimistic and reality right. kicks in. But um, yeah, you need to speak with those investors. So along the way, you must have had significant challenges in 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 building your success. Have you had particular secrets or techniques that you've used to overcome the bumps and hurdles in the road? Vodka. I'd suggest that one's probably pretty valuable when those bumps get a little large. No. <laughs> you can stumble uh, over them instead. <laughs> yeah, you just you just have to once as you just clearly recognized and had represented in your past, once you go through it, once you've been baptized and once you go through those challenges, there you know they're going to come up. And you just mm-hmm. have to, you have to deal with it. So, I'll, you know, try to exercise. I always try and exercise, you know, try to get a decent night's sleep, try to obviously eat healthy, eating healthier now. Uh, oh, and, even better. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I also try not to let myself get too emotionally high and too emotionally low because the next day is completely different. And I've said this over and over. There are probably three or four Fridays out of a year where everything ends up perfectly. It's like two o'clock, the market's closed. Everything just fell perfectly that week, but it only happens three or four times out of the year. The rest of the time, there's going to be challenges. So if, if, if you as a, as an entrepreneur, 
um, you know, want to be, you know, in the, in the IP world, in the public world, it, just know that, you know, two so 60 to 80% of your time, it's going to be challenging. And about 20% of the time, it's going to be, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah, you've got to look at the gap and the gain on a constant yeah. basis. So, you know, yes. our objectives move out in front of us constantly and one never really sees the end because you change your your objective all the time. But if you appear periodically when you're going through these these difficult patches, at least look behind and take a look at how much you've accomplished. At least you can muster the courage to continue again yeah. on that Monday morning after the bad Friday. <laughs> so. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's so right. Are there particular characteristics that seem that you've noticed make for successful entrepreneurs? Because some entrepreneurs really do seem to struggle and they repeatedly struggle, whereas others get it together. They make it look nice and easy. It's a lot of uh, a lot of preparation. You just have to do. You know, I, I found just trying to do as much preparation as possible. And then with that preparation, there tends to be a little luck that's, that's tied into it. Yeah. But, and you can't cut corners. You know, you just mm -hmm. have to do the, you have to do the stuff that you don't want to do. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on 2022 budget right now. And would I rather be out shooting hoops? Yeah. But I got to get the, I got to <laughs> get bet. the budget. I got to get the budget done. Uh, so you just, you know, and, and it's not my, you know, it's not the, the funnest like thing, but things you got to do. You just have to have your checklist and you have to go through that and you had to do it every uh, single day. Uh, makes that's, sense. That's the only way. And it certainly sounds like you're a, a, a team person as well. So, you know, bring oh, in the yeah. strength from all the people to participate in that painful budget as you go through it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No. Uh, and again, I'll say it again. We all, we all are very good. Uh, you know, my team is very good at what they do, but everyone leaves their egos at the door and everyone stays in their own lane and you have to staying in your own lane, meaning what you're really good at, stay focused in that and get the job done and make sure it gets done. Um, so Pretty awesome, I must admit. It's it's the 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 uh, biggest successes come from those types of companies. So, what do you see as the trends that are going to hit the industry within the next, let's call it three to five years? Which the way things are moving, that that could be a pretty short period. Quite honestly, a lot could change in that time. What do you see coming down the pipe? I think if you walk through the grocery store. And you look at foods, whether it's frozen fridge, shelf stable, just imagine if that could be just strictly plant based. And then imagine it being with the least amount of processing possible. Those are the items. Um, as an example, if you told me a year ago, we would have acquired a pate company and a plant based pate company. It's like, wow, the last thing I, th I think of. But then once I had it and the nutritional value and knowing that there's no dairy involved, and it's just like, this is fantastic. So that's what I mean by going down the grocery aisle and just taking a look around and seeing what's there. Um, I think there's, uh, we have an alliance with Beyond Meat. We have a great alliance yes. with Beyond Meat. Uh, one of the few companies, um, they're in two of our products right now, the Shepherd's awesome. Pie and the um, Vegan Bolognese. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. There may be more more companies coming out with patties, with 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 mm -hmm. uh, plant based patties. But I think that's being somewhat 
concentrated or saturated at this point. I think it's that's become somewhat of a commodity. Um, And and but there's so many small little unique items that you buy at the grocery store that could be converted to a plant-based. And Mm -hmm. that's what we can, we like to concentrate on. We have to differentiate ourselves from the, in the marketplace. And we like to be that the complement to the center of the plate and the appetizer. And, you know, we love acquisitions and we're looking at a variety of companies that would be the dessert for the, for the plant-based dessert. So um, I, I, I just, I think that we're going to see a tremendous amount. If you go through the store, you see 95% animal protein, 5% plant-based protein today. I think that's going to be probably 50, 50 in that three to five to seven year time period. Very interesting and so much healthier for both us and the planet as we go Boy. through this this transition. It's going to be really interesting to see where we do land in a couple of years in terms of our diet and just the percentage of the hard and fast meat or beef kind of eaters. How many of them will change when they discover the the, the op- uh, alternatives and sure. options that are out there. So. And, and not even, again, getting back to flexitarians, um, it's not eliminating it, maybe just decreasing it or maybe complementing it with plant-based. So, and yeah. th- again, that's the market that we're, we're after. Yeah, now makes a lot of sense. So do you have any thoughts in closing, anything that we perhaps haven't discussed or some afterthoughts to, to look at? Just uh, for for the listeners and, and and watchers, just make sure you do your due diligence, and uh, we'd love to have you be a shareholder. Absolutely awesome. Now you did give us a couple of the links earlier in the podcast, but if people are interested in contacting you, looking at the products, and learning a lot more, where can people go? Yeah, please go to our website www.bush b o o s h food. F-O-O-D.com, bushfood.com. And again, CSC, we're trading on the CSC under Veggie, V-E-G-I, and on the OTC, V-G-G-I-F, and then the uh, Frankfurt Exchange under 77I. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And I will put all of those links in the show notes so that people can find them because this could be a, a very valuable trend to get in on, as you mentioned, both from the perspective of your own diet as well as the pocket, shall we call it. Your investments (laughs) could grow quite nicely under this. You know, what you spend on the product, you could gain on the other side with the growth. There you go. That's that's right. Exactly. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Thanks very much for joining us today. This was a fun conversation. Great chatting. Thank you so much. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, the 5F strategy, bottom line growth in any economy without additional sales and marketing. And download the financial growth scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.